1: Good afternoon, this is Front Row on The Bigger Picture and I'm Julia Jacobs. An exploration of a disquieting human condition, Opium at Closing Time takes us into the often disjointed experiences of those suffering with Alzheimer's and also those who care for them. So the play is also described as a story of Malaysia, of pivotal history experienced on the personal scale and of the choices that were made and the consequences we must suffer. So Tarrant Kwok, who is the writer and director of the production, shared his own personal experiences of being a carer in this play and together with Cast member Alexis Wong. They both join me now to discuss why this play wants to challenge the audience's perception of time, memory and the meaning of family. Welcome both of you. How are you today?
2: No, doing quite well.
1: Thank you. Lovely to have you both on the show. So you're both in the studio with me today. Always nice to have you guys here. Um, Let's talk a little bit about, you know, the both of you in terms of your uh, experiences or work, you know, in the performing arts section. Uh, Maybe Alexis, you want to start first? Tell me a little bit about yourself.
0: Sure. Um, I studied theatre in Canada at McGill University, um, but it was mostly under liberal arts, so I did more of a studying of the plays and things like that, and I only started performing when I came back to Malaysia. Oh, when was that? 2009. 2009. Oh, that's, 2009. A
1: that's, a that's a long time. a very long time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, so a long time, uh, I guess, you know, uh, person in the local performing arts scene. Um, mostly doing uh, performances or also taking on writing and things I like have, that?
0: Um, I have produced and directed plays. Before in the past, Mm -hmm. yeah. What is some of that we might have seen? um, I did betrayal and I did lungs, Mm -hmm. yeah, Mm -hmm. under Asia Productions. Okay. With my two co-partners. Okay. And we also did uh, we did remedy, which was to talk about mental health in Malaysia, Mm -hmm. and so that one we we devised the performance with uh, the actors, and we co-wrote it. So that was that was actually one of. My favorite things to do, actually.
1: okay. It and was, sorry, who was the production done with? You it said. was
0: under Asia Productions, which mm-hmm. is uh, we have disbanded because one of us has moved to Australia. Oh dear. but uh, <laughs> yeah, it was just three of us, three actors who decided, let's call ourselves something, and then we did some theater. Because we enjoyed it, and then that was it.
1: Okay, yeah. all right, okay, excellent. And now you're going. To, you're one of the main cast members of our opium at closing time. We're going mm-hmm. to find out more about that. But Tarrant, if I can talk to you uh, quickly as well, you're a writer director. You know, you've been doing. Uh, th- you've been in the scene for a long time too, as well, haven't you?
2: Not as much as her. <laughs> um, I've been a stage manager for eight years, so you know, not not quite 2009, but you know. Uh, I started in 2014 mm-hmm. uh, with Theatre 360, mm-hmm. uh, Christopher mm-hmm. Ling. Yep. I don't know if you've had him on. Yes, yes, definitely. Yeah. 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 Um, so mm-hmm. I did a lot of his stage management work. Um, and I did the adaptation of The Fall of the House of Usher. Mm-hmm. That was, sorry, uh, that was in... I want to say 2018, but okay. I could be wrong.
1: Okay. Because the last even... two years make everything seem Yes, weird, exactly. Right? <laughs> everything blends,
2: you know, That's true. This, this timey-wimey hole of, of nothing. Yeah. So I did an adaptation for The Fall of House of Usher, mm-hmm. um, but professionally, I, I do a lot of copywriting. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so writing creatively is is a, is a personal passion. Okay. So So from stage management, you pick up, you pick up a lot of things. You pick up a lot of skills. You train. You're basically training on the job. Mm. And so uh, you pick up uh, an appreciation for the, for the medium... And then eight years on, I'm here now, uh, writing and directing. The the writing came easy. The directing
1: is the process. <laughs> it's the <a> process. <laughs> I'll ask Alexis about that after oh, this. No. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and and when when I was speaking to to you know your producer, I think uh, who from Amber Jade Arts, right? Uh, and she was telling me that this is a very personal story for you, you know, and and it's mm, yes it uh, it's Amber Jade Arts' first uh, theater feature length theater production, and and it's based on. Oral histories, uh, as I mentioned earlier, right? And so I'm going to quote here what I read in uh, in the publicity that was sent, right? So oral histories, secondary research, archived interviews, and it aims to challenge the audiences, as I mentioned earlier, perception of time, memory, and the meaning of family. Could you elaborate on that for us?
2: I mean, it's a word salad. Let's be let's be fair. That's a bit of a word salad. That's <laughs> it's what I do. Yep. So so the story is personal because I took care of my grandfather for two years over the pandemic. Mm-hmm. He had a stroke in 2019. And what happened then is that during the pandemic, there was nobody to take care of him. So I was just like, well, it's not like I'm doing any theater. <laughs> no, I might as well do this. So I, I did it. I did it for two years. He passed this April. Uh, it's all right. He had a... Well, he had another stroke that okay. you, you he couldn't bounce back from that one. But what happened then is that I was kind of like freed up. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but the, so that was the personal experience. But the, the, the challenging of time and memory, that's an Alzheimer's, that's a dementia thing. Mm-hmm. And that is from 2017. Oh. Well, actually, prior to that, 2017, to elaborate uh, my, Paternal grandmother had full-blown Alzheimer's and she slipped away from us. And and by 2017, before she died, it was she was biology Mm. kind of thing. I mean, I know that sounds callous, but if you think about it, there is there's nothing left. We did all our mourning in the in the preceding years kind of thing. So that that stuck with me because I was quite young, obviously, back then when she was in her decline. And so that stuck. Uh, And so actually, an earlier form of this play existed uh, as a performance art piece, actually. Well, it veered into the performance art piece where we would throw a woman in a chair and she would watch her life on a CRT TV in the middle of a space, so that early prompt then kind of just sat in my journals okay. and just sat and then I did productions and productions and productions and just never really been revisited until now, where then Opium at Closing Time became a synthesis of my recent experience and that past experience and just kind of blend that together. Yeah.
1: Okay that's really interesting, and I understand I have you know a very close family member who is um, who has dementia mm-hmm. and um, like you said lah. I mean his, okay, it's so my father in law but so for my husband, it's like yeah I've, I it's biology like to to steal your quote, like I lost my father many, many years mm-hmm. ago because they're yeah, physically they're there, but all the memories are gone, everything is yes. gone right and that's something that is very hard to come to terms with, yes. I suppose right yes yeah. mm-hmm.
2: we had many years to, to to come to terms with that sure. but the initial acute portion of it yeah. never really you you can't really brace yourself for that you yeah. know you kind of have to come to terms with it slowly
1: yeah okay but the other thing about this play uh, of course is that uh, oral histories right secondary research all those archived interviews all of that talk to me about the research that went into writing the script
2: uh it was a lot of digging through journal and uh, historical archives, mm-hmm. digging through books, digging through uh, interviews that have been floating around. Uh, you'd be surprised what's left in an internet archive, uh, <laughs> even though you still have to go to a library and dig through through books and things like that. Um, I, I was telling somebody else that with the stuff that I've dug up, I could do another one. <laughs> I could do another one. I could do another mm. opium... X something, something, you know, uh, put it all into a, into a book or I something you like that. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs>
2: it's a work in progress. Sure. Um, but it but there is so much material and, and the question becomes, what do you present? Mm. What do you present? And mm. I made a decision quite early on when assembling the fragments that we're not going to go and dive into something that's super specific. Based on the frame of... The specific phase of her dementia, we're going to present something that's a little bit broader, something that encapsulates a little bit more about Malaya. Mm -hmm. uh, Because this script was a Penang focused script at first, and then it maybe it spread out, it stretched out a little bit. Um, So it it focuses on a West Malaysian experience in that respect. And we go all the way back to World War II. So there's some some pretty rough things in World War II and there's some pretty rough things um, going mm-hmm. forward as well. And we kind of dip into that, dip into that, dip into that, dip into that.
1: Okay. And do you sort of st- uh, stay true to the archives, you know, the stories from there or there are some creative licenses taken as well in terms of bringing it all together?
2: The creative license is in the personal reaction okay. because these events mass thousands, hundreds, thousands of people. They span regions, they span states, but you don't see what happens at the personal level. Mm-hmm. Because at the personal level there is very little to document. Yeah. It's a it's a it's a sound snippet. It's sure. it's it's just that. So we take the we take the historical event as your grounding background, so to speak. And then we build a fiction or when you actually have oral history to work off, the actual account, Yeah, you build that and that's focused in on a personal level, you're not doing exposition about, you know, all of the big things that happen. It's focused on the person, you see it impact somebody on a personal level. And that's that was the that was a deliberate focus. Okay,
1: all right. We'll just go for a quick break. When we come back, um, I'm going to ask uh, Alexis actually about the character that she plays, and mm-hmm. you know all the other different characters that we're going to meet in this play. I'm speaking today to Tarrant Kwok. He's a writer and director, and Alexis Wong. She's a cast member. They are both part of the production called Opium at Closing Time. We'll have more after this quick break. You're listening to Front Row on the bigger picture, BFM eighty nine point nine. Welcome back. This is Front Row on The Bigger Picture. I'm Juliet Jacobs. In the studio with me today are Taryn Kwok and Alexis Wong. Taryn is a writer and director. Alexis is a cast member for the production called Opium at Closing Time. It is a play, uh, and I'm quoting here, which takes us into the often disjointed experiences of those suffering with Alzheimer's and also those who care for them. I think very importantly, the carers often get forgotten in this equation, isn't mm. it? Um, so, you know, before the break, Taryn, you were telling me about the research you know, that went into writing this script. Alexis, you know, when you sort of like read the script, right, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and so many themes, they're very, very confronting themes, right? What interested you in the play? What are some of the themes that, you know, spoke to you, I suppose?
0: I think I was mostly attracted to the play because it was personal deterrent. I think we need more stories like that because you, you, you want to hear what people personally go through, yeah. right? And, and it's, it helps I think other people as well relate. Oh, okay, someone else has gone through that. They
2: heard. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm
0: -hmm. And so there's a bit of that communal, we, we do something that everyone can or people who've gone through it can relate to. And those of us who haven't can then think about it.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Um,
2: to to kind of like drive that particular point home, what I wrote was my personal experience. And then uh, Samuel, who is the, another cast member, he is the, the son. When we were initially like doing the reads and things like that, he just goes, oh... That's me,
1: oh, and I'm wow. going.
2: Wait, what? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, no. okay, and yeah. uh, turns out that he also, uh, for many years uh, before moving to KL, was taking care of his parents. Okay. Um, so mm-hmm. this was like even more deeply set because yeah. for me it was my grandfather. I was, you know, that was my. I had one generation of separation. His was right up against it. Yeah. So for him, he felt. He felt even more connected to the work because of that. Okay. Um, so he felt seen too. So yeah. that was that was really great. Yeah. That yeah, was a, that yeah. was a really great revelation mm-hmm. during rehearsals.
1: Okay, and and you know when you were writing it, I mean, was it a cathartic experience for you? Was it a painful experience? Was it all of the above? Yeah. <laughs> uh,
2: for me, it was mostly cathartic. I don't tend to write when it's really painful. Okay. Uh, I like to have a little bit of separation. Sure. Um, so. I tend to write things well after they've happened kind of thing. Uh, But it's definitely there is an element of catharsis as well in there um, because there are some things that you want to to say and things that you cannot Mm. at that time because it's really raw or something like that. Um, but yeah, definitely, definitely okay. more cathartic than painful.
1: Okay. And in the same question that I asked Alexis, you know, what what are some of the themes for you, Taryn, You know, that that you wanted to bring out. You know, I mean, like you said, sometimes the carers are just not seen, right? Their experiences are unseen. seen. Uh, you're grimacing. I'm sorry. Is this going? <laughs> uh,
2: no, because uh, to to say that there's, I mean, we explore themes. Uh, I try not to be didactic in my writing. Okay. Uh, I I choose to present a theme uh, rather than try and bang a messaging through. Uh, not not quite, you know, people have described my work as uh, gothic okay. within the context of within the con within the strict context of the the the, the writing, so to speak. In <laughs> I that didn't say
1: anything, Alexis there is the ah. one giggling.
2: <laughs> that there is no explicit messaging. That you okay. present the facts as they are mm-hmm. and that the audience can then draw a conclusion from it. You yeah. know. Yeah. Um Doing Usher was the same thing. Uh, Edgar Allan Poe being very uh, gothic in nature, he presents it to you. He doesn't give you any moral judgment about the, the topic, but he just presents this really incredibly messed up situation. Mm. And then you do that. Uh, Opium at Closing Time kind of explores in the same way. We present Ma's circumstance. We present high circumstance. We present how everybody got to this point mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and
2: we leave the audience to go, was anybody right in the first place or was everybody a terrible human being? Oh gosh, okay. Kind of thing. Okay.
0: <laughs> but it, I think it's also good because it gives, it, it shines a bit more light as well on um, the seniors in our society, right? Mm. <laughs> Who have forgotten you know uh their stories are forgotten because of of and they sometimes feel that they oh i can't do anything anymore Mm, which is all untrue right i mean you've lived your life and you've contributed to society and so i think it's it's good to to show these stories that that it's you you start from somewhere and then you get to that point and And the people we meet who are older than us have, have lots of things to yeah. share. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And we should, um, we should acknowledge them a bit more and not just, say, focus on the today and the grind and stories about us, young people, right? Whatever mm-hmm. that means and, and all of that. So, yeah.
2: Granted, granted, I, I must warn anybody who is planning on watching this show that this show is non-linear.
1: Ah, yes. Okay, I was going to ask you about that. Yes.
2: (laughs) Yes, it is Uh, nonlinear. And this was a decision that was made very, very early on in my writing process because Mm -hmm. I wanted to explore that kind of disjointed timeline because right now everybody in this room experiences life as a timeline, Mm -hmm. right? We know what we had last week. We know what we did two weeks ago. Vaguely,
1: not all of us, miss. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Many things are vaguely, a blur. Vaguely, vaguely. Two weeks
2: ago, you know, the twenty, 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 and twenty twenty-one is a bit of a blur. But yeah. you know, we have very, you know, we we recognize what lies in our past and what lies in our present, right? Yeah. Whereas with some, uh, and especially with this particular phase of uh, symptoms that I wanted to explore, is that they the as in the, the Alzheimer's patients, they don't experience it quite the same way Correct. Yeah. they yeah. are they, they they dredge long-term memory and they confuse it for reality yeah. and this happens a lot um until the, the their cohesion goes away and then you know this the de- death of the self almost yeah. um, so i was i wanted to explore that that where there is still cohesion there's still there is still a timeline but it's confused. It's dredging up a lot of these long-term core memories, and it's exposing the person for what they are mm-hmm. uh, for what they've done right. and, and things like that. Obviously, that's a heightening of of what ha- would happen in real life. Uh, but it's a it's a in my opinion, uh, something that I chose very strongly to to use as a device to drive to drive the plot of opium.
1: okay. And I don't know. do you think? you know, anyone who's coming to watch it, especially, you know, those of us with, with older generation family members, do you think this might help us connect better with them? Is that perhaps, you know, one small aim, you know, that we, yeah, acknowledge that we might not have them mentally in that sense for a long time more, right? Do you mm-hmm. think they'll encourage people to ask people, you know, our elders, their stories and, you know, to explore all of that?
2: I would like to think so. I, I would like, uh mm-hmm. like, a general Zer. <laughs> um, I don't know what comes after Gen Zers because Gen Zers are like quickly <laughs> approaching. It would be nice for them to go and ask their um, their grandfather who's, you know, approaching a very, very tenuous age for that kind of memory. Yeah. Was it really that bad? <laughs> and then, you know, have the grandfather go on a grandfather story as grandfathers do mm-hmm. and and give them a highlight of that without... <laughs> I guess having the emotional baggage of going back in my day, (laughs) (laughs)
1: you know, unfortunately, not the way to go about. No, absolutely not.
2: It's the wrong frame to to place that kind of um, that kind of memory, that kind of lesson. You know, if you want to have that kind of open exploration, by being prompted by my show, you know what? Come and watch my show.
1: <laughs> Please. <laughs> for sure, for sure. And I mean, okay, so there are, I mean, the plot sounds heavy. Lah. I would not lie, right? Yes. It does sound yeah, very so, heavy. Mm. How have you been preparing for your role? Uh, how How has it been for you, Alexis? Um, Both physically and mentally, I would like to know. Yeah.
0: Physically, I've, I've played an old woman before. Um, I, I think she was 90 in that play. <laughs> so I have um, some training in terms of how to age myself but of course this one because it's non-linear so there's <laughs> it's a little bit of jumping around um so it is just remembering um that your functions are not the same at every age yeah right yeah. your voice is different um and you just can't do a lot of things uh, as you as you age so so that 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 restriction, I think, is what helps um, understand the character. Mm-hmm. And in terms of is it heavy emotionally, I think life is heavy as it is. <laughs> um, I, I mean, I, <laughs> I think personally for me, when I understood how how my grandma lived and how then my mom um as a result of that, right, growing up in that time. When you understand the suffering and the, and as women, right, you you have a lot of things that you are restricted by on top of that and things that you have to do and you must do it, quote unquote. And so all of that creates that that baggage. And Mm -hmm. so I think when I understood that, then you're like okay now i get why my mom talks to me this way sometimes yeah. and yeah. so again there's that there's that compassion and there's understanding right so when i was dealing with this play it was oh yeah okay this looks familiar i i I've, I've seen it or i've read about it i've experienced it myself and so it's more of how do i tell that um, without making it too dramatic, right? Right, because yeah. it's not about the drama; it's real life. Without, but also making it very human. Like we can all, we all could go through this. Exactly, right? We yeah. can make these choices. We can. It's. It's. All of us are susceptible to these kinds of things. And who knows? Given if you were born in a different time, in a different family, different circumstances, we wouldn't respond.
2: Yeah. You might have so, to make those same choices. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: Okay.
0: So I think that has been... And that's what makes me excited about this play because um, you can thread, you, you can go backwards and see, okay, she's like this because of that, right? And also it's it's um, not throwing stones, right? You just go, oh, that's terrible. But it's more of, okay, it's, it, this is what can happen. And so as we grow older how do we then deal with ourselves yeah. and with our past and our future and our present and all of that so i'm guessing there's
1: going to be some unlikable characters or some unlikable traits in the characters that we see on stage am i right in saying that I don't think my character is very likable okay 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 <laughs> just, just to <laughs> be clear on that.
0: yeah but i'd say yeah that's I
1: fine i just want i just everyone, want our listeners
0: to be prepared yes, you know this is yes, yeah yeah yeah, okay. yeah it's it's definitely um, one of those, yeah. How, what really do you low. feel? Yeah. What do you feel? Correct. I, I, I think that's the, the thing. What okay. do you feel at the end of the play? Who knows?
1: Okay, that should be really interesting. And of course, there's so besides your role. I mean, who are the other characters? Uh, Tarrant, maybe you want to take this. Who are the so, other
2: characters we we'll meet? So there's an ensemble of five. Mm-hmm. Ma is played by Alexis. Tai, um, who is the son, is played by Samuel Wong, and then we have three ensemble members who play a lot of characters out of. Uh, their past. Uh, so we've got Grace who plays. Uh, he, Grace plays. Hui? Hui? Yes, Grace mm-hmm. plays Hui, Hui and Popo. Okay. Uh, Hui, is, uh, Hui is the sister and Popo is the the mother.
1: Okay.
2: Uh, the, the grandmother, technically mm-hmm. speaking. Right. And then there's Hanan who plays Gatlin, uh, who is uh, a neighbor. Mm-hmm. And we've also got Sim, who eh, is not a very savory character. <laughs> <laughs> and then we've got Brandon Vincent, and mm-hmm. he plays uh, Tok, who is uh, Katlin's husband, so also a neighbor. Okay. And he also plays uh, Abi. Okay. Uh, but the thing about this, the wonderful thing about ensemble work is that uh, sometimes. Sometimes I might mix a costume up somewhere and I might have done it on purpose. Oh, and again okay. that's meant to that's meant to kind of drive home the fact that not everything is right in the brain case, yeah. you Correct. know. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that that and that's the wonderful thing about being able to have an ensemble and we can work together to do that.
1: Okay, all right. And how have rehearsals been going? Uh, you you made a face, you know, when you said di- you know writing was easy, directing not so. Uh, how has that been going? Uh, <laughs> I don't know, should I ask Alexis this question? How has it been going, Alexis? It has
0: been good. <laughs> um, I, I think what is fun is the cast is quite open to change and to try new things. So okay, that's it's excellent. nice to yeah. have a very safe space. You always need a safe space to do these things. Um, and we we talk a lot. I think we discuss a lot because, again, the nature if, of it is where does the scene come from? Why do we do the things we do? Um, because there are times where you would react in this way because you've never been in that situation, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And then it's good to have the the screen right, the the playwright in there so he can tell us his intentions behind it and then we can talk about it. So it's been good. It's been a it's a interesting. It's an enlightening process, I would say.
1: Okay. Okay. And and why has this been tough for you to dare? Is it because it's such a personal story? Is it? I don't know. What what could it be? It's not so much that it's
2: a personal story. Uh it, I I don't I guess I'm a bit of a psychopath that way, but uh I don't really I I can't put myself aside sure. and and focus on the work. That's oh, a bit psychopathic. But no uh, one said <laughs> say that. That's so intense. That's
1: right. Neither of us said that. Um,
2: <laughs> but uh, but the but but Alexis is right. It, it it was about coming in and setting the expectation. This is an open process. I have written this piece of work, uh, and 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 you can question me. Mm. And if my idea does not uh, cannot stand up to your questioning, then I have to ask myself the question. Is my writing good enough?
1: Okay.
2: Is my decision making good enough? And and so far, because of that back and forth, it has helped improve. Uh, it helps improve the play. There have been decisions that I may not have wanted to make that we try and it works. Yeah, and, and it's about setting that expectation that this is an open space that we have a place to explore and that uh, more importantly, I've tried desperately to create. A production process a production cycle that doesn't stress my actors out um that was one of the things that i uh very deliberately set out and was just like no we have to like give these guys break days we you know these guys work day jobs i cannot work them that many hours a week you know yeah it's, it's about having that kind of balance. It is about taking care of them as well. Uh, and by doing so, we can foster a trust within the ensemble, within the company to to do
1: that. Okay. All right. It sounds amazing. But, of course, there are some sort of advisories, isn't it, for, for audience members, right? Yes. I think, what was it? Uh, above 16, am I correct? Um, I um, Well,
2: 16, 15, 16. so okay. The reason why we chose 15 is that we do talk about history. Sure. And there are nuggets in there that you're not going to see in a history textbook. Mm. And so if you want to have a kind of like a brief look, because again, I drill down into the into the private portion yeah. of that history. But if you want to have a look at what happened, because some of these things you don't see in a textbook. Some of the accounts mm-hmm. you don't see in these textbooks. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, if you want to have a kind of not alternate history because these are acknowledged histories uh, as much as people may or may not want to deny, come and watch. So it's 15 and 16, but uh, I do explore some really rough segments. That's why there is, if I'm not wrong, war crime in there because I we cover um, uh, we cover what happened to the Chinese just after the taking of Singapore. Okay. Uh, we cover the purges. Okay. Um, so that's, that's, that's a thing. Sure. Mm. Uh, we cover what happened to the Chinese women during the occupation years, mm-hmm. which is a touchy subject for Japan. We cover the 60s and we cover the emergency as well. And these are talking points that we gloss over. We go, oh, you know, Malaya suffered during these times. Yeah, but yeah. what suffering did we go through? Mm-hmm. What kind of pain did we go through? We don't explore that because, mm, well, I would argue that Malaysian audiences don't like being confronted that hard, so to speak.
1: I was thinking that, <laughs> yeah, which is why I asked. You know, it sounds very confronting, lah. So yeah, you yes, that, any... that's
2: the whole point. Yeah, that that's, that is the nature of my work.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, all right. So it it sounds amazing. I I think I'll come out of it feeling a bit troubled as well. But I think that's what you want as well, isn't it? So yeah. So it's it's happening uh, from the twentieth of October. Am I correct until yes. the 29th. ninth? Uh, ticket prices range from yeah, it should from 40, be forty nine ringgit and thirty nine for concessions, concessions yes. right? And uh, also there uh, so that's for senior citizens and students, differently abled. Uh, and it's happening over at Deepak, right? The Black yes, Box at Yes, Black Box Deepak. Okay, yeah. excellent. So um, before, thank you so much. Both of you, you know, for joining me Thank today. Before so I much. let Thank you go, you so much. any final sub, you know, of why we should all come and watch this?
0: I think people should come watch this because it will give them. Uh, it's a two part. You you can learn about Malaysia, <laughs> um, in very like like Terence said, in a very different way, and also you get to see how families behave. <laughs> <laughs> um, And understand families. Yeah. But understand it more and see why we behave the way we behave in our families. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And Taryn, how about for you?
2: Uh, Come watch my show because I want to remind you and I want you to remember what, what happened to us. Not so much as a way to galvanize you to hate, but to galvanize you to break. Uh, your own cycles your own cycles of prejudices your own cycles of of actions and and to to move forward from that
1: mm-hmm.
2: oh and go hug your parents
1: definitely definitely Definitely. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much, both of you, for joining me today. So, folks, you can catch Opium at closing time from the 20th of October until the 30th of October uh, over at Damansara Performing Arts Centre at the D-Pax Black Box. Again, content advisory, some abuse, war crimes, graphic language, ages 15, uh, 15 plus and up, right? Uh, recommended to watch this. Uh, ticket prices 49 ringgit and 39 ringgit for concessions. Uh, where can folks get their tickets from?
2: There's the website. Okay. Uh, the D website. You okay. should be able to book there. But if you are having like problems with the website, you can email uh, I believe it's amberjade at gmail.com. Okay. All right. uh, Arts actually. AmberjadeArts at gmail.com to, to uh, request a manual uh, a manual sale.
1: Excellent. Thank you so much. I've been speaking to Tarrant Kwok and Alexis Wong, Tarrant, writer and director. Alexis, cast member of Opium at Closing Time. If you miss any part of our conversation today, download the podcast at bfm.my slash front row or you can find it on the BFM app. This has been Front Row on The Bigger Picture, BFM 89.9. You have been
0: listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.